0: mess to, to the top you're tuned in to the eagle
2: hour hey good friday afternoon everybody tgif friday on the eagle hour bob getty and luke johnson from the first bank studios in laurel and hattiesburg beautiful day here in south mississippi glad you're with us and uh, glad you tuned in for another edition of the eagle hour Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation is going to join us this hour. We've got a lot of draft talk to uh, go over, some Southern Miss basketball and football news as well. Kelly Santer will be uh, on the show a little later, To I'm, I'm sure he's gloating after last night, uh, the Bengals getting uh, the number one draft choice. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. We're glad to have them on board, too. They're good buddies of ours, and we want everybody to support them during this very difficult time. Uh, Dickies is serving up that delicious, always fresh, always good food seven days a week. You can uh, pick it up through their drive-thru window. You can go to Dickies.com, set up a home delivery, and Dickies will bring the food right to you. But uh, please support your local restaurants and uh, keep those guys uh, and girls in mind as they uh, continue to push through this COVID-19 epidemic. All right, so we bring Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation on the phone. NFL draft last night. Boy, I got to tell you, it was so much fun to watch something sports-related uh, that I didn't know how it was going to come out in the end. Uh, today, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, we hear a USM name, Quez Watkins, come up. Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation with us. Heath, uh, glad you're here, glad you're doing well. And uh, When do you see uh, Quez uh, getting the call?
3: You know, I've been watching the draft. that you, There's so many wide receivers in this draft that are really good. I think with Quez you could possibly maybe the end of day two I uh, probably uh the fifth round, fourth, fifth round mm-hmm. is where I see Quez going. And here's what's insane to me. I was I was looking up uh Quez's stuff with the draft and what they're saying about him and they made a statement that says uh his hands are inconsistent and I will be honest with you, I don't remember Quez dropping many passes in his Southern Miss Days. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I just don't remember it, but I don't remember his hands being inconsistent. So, I, I think he's probably graded a little lower than what he actually is, especially when he ran the third fastest speed at the combine. But I could see him going in the fourth, fifth round. Whoever gets him is going to get a steal later on in the draft, because to me, you're getting second, third uh, round quality later on the draft if if he lasts that long you're going to get that type of quality with a later pick.
2: So you see him getting a, getting a draft call and, and not a free agent contract. You see him being drafted.
3: Oh, yeah. When you run a 4-3-6 at the combine and uh, you had the type of year and his yards after catch are just unbelievable, you're gonna, he's going to get drafted. I don't think there's any question that he's going to get drafted. I, I don't see him going the free agency route, especially many teams that are interested in him. Uh, I could see him fitting into a system like New Orleans. I could see New Orleans taking – New Orleans has this – they have this ability to – remember Marcus Colston. Took Marcus Colston late in the draft, and and the Saints have this ability to take players late in the draft, especially wide receivers, and uh, plug them in, and they're really good. So I could see him going to somewhere like New Orleans, uh, which would be fantastic because I do think once he steps on the field and gets some time – He's going to be a guy that's going to contribute immediately.
2: Luke, speaking of New Orleans, the Saints draft a center last night, and the first thing I thought of was what does that mean for Cameron Tom that uh, the Saints are going to use their first-round draft pick to pick up another center?
0: Yeah, it, Heath and I were talking about that, and Heath, you chime in on this in just a second. You know, it, it it does mean a lot for Cameron Tom. The guy they picked, he can play center, he can play guard, but you think uh, basically they've got their center and guard of the future. So, yeah, Cameron Tom, and especially his agent today, Heath, may be uh, looking after this weekend, you know, what his future holds. Just kind of disappointing. I thought they might go with Justin Jefferson. Uh, I thought they might take Pat Queen from LSU and get some homegrown back, uh, you know, uh, right there in Baton Rouge for for New Orleans to kind of energize the base. But they went with an offensive lineman. But it does impact Cameron Tom for sure.
3: Oh yeah, it does. And, and look, Cameron Tom is a guy that Sean Payton has been really high on. If you'll think, uh, if you'll, every time Sean Payton has talked about Cameron Tom. He said, oh, he's so good. He learned the system quick. I've actually, you know, more thinking back on it now, I think the Saints are looking at really their philosophy has always been to have a strong offensive line. That is Sean Payton. Uh, If you watch his drafts, offensive and defensive lines, that's where he goes in the first couple of rounds. Um, I think that it's just that he's building for the future. Because you look at some of the guys they have, Nick Easton, uh, Larry Walford, those guys are older now. Teron Armistead, he's getting on up there in age. Andreas uh, I think that that was a, I think that he's looking to the future of building his offensive line. And I think with a uh, Cameron Tom, with a, uh, you know, relieve. I think that's what he's doing right now.
2: So Heath, back to Southern Miss for a minute. Uh, right, so you say you believe Watkins will be drafted. Are there any kids uh, that you think could possibly get a free agent deal when this is all over?
3: Oh, sure. I could see a DQ Thomas getting a free agent deal. Also, uh, Terry Whittington, just because of his his his, his link. Um, you look at other players at Southern Miss. A Drake Doorback at left tackle. He's going to get looked at by a pro team uh, to come in and play. Probably not a left tackle in the pros, more of a right tackle. But I could see him uh, getting a call. Maybe a Demario Smith with his size. Uh, he might get a call. So I could see three or four Southern Miss players getting a uh, free agency deal. What's happened, though, with the XFL going away, it's really cut down. Where a few years ago you looked at it and there were so many places these people, uh, players from college, could go and play. Now it's only back to one. So, back, you know, a lot of kids were playing from Southern Miss going on to pros, playing for money because of the different leagues. Now it's just back to that one league. Wow. And I think you're going to see about three or four Southern Miss kids getting the look. And hey, you look at Nick Mullins, he got a look and what happened to him. And it yeah. can happen.
2: Yeah, that turned out pretty good. Yeah. I understand you've got some a little more inside too on some of the basketball signees for USM.
3: Uh yeah, you know, Justin Johnson, the kid they uh they signed yesterday or got committed yesterday. Uh, you look at I think they're trying to work on some uh you know, you gotta get all that paperwork in before all of it's clear. But you look at it in the number thirteen ranked JUCO player in the nation. Tay Hardy was I think right around thirty four thirty five with UCO recruiting dot com. Um a kid who's six seven is a a set shot kid from the three point line, but does an excellent job of getting to the basket and driving. You add him to this this recruiting class that they've gotten, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think this is probably the best recruiting class basketball wise Southern Miss has had in a real long time. I'm I'm talking we're talking quality depth. Um, just size, shooting ability. This is the best thing I've seen at Southern Miss in a long time.
0: Luke. Yeah, you talk about uh, from from a talent perspective. I was I uh, was watching Mark Jackson the other day. He sent a fa- uh, our tweet uh, video, uh, uh, and he was saying Southern Mississippi. You know, he was sending it from Estonia. But when you look at what I like is. We've got you know three or four, six, seven guys that can shoot from the perimeter. They can play the two. They can play the three. And you add them to already, Ladavius Drain, you get a true point guard. you got Tyler Stevenson, plus you sign a monster underneath, 6'10", 275. It's like now we can't actually play with the teams in our league rather than having to get creative to try to play around them.
3: You're right. And you look at the Belton kids, of Arzia Belton's, Coach Lattern told me, he said, he's the biggest kid I have ever seen play college basketball at 6'10", 275", 280 pounds. Mm. So you've got the size. That, when the Southern Miss have had that type of size? I can't remember ever. Um, you also look, you're right, the long guards, the long, the lengthy guards that can shoot, 6'7", 6'4", 6'5", guards. Tay Hardy, the point guard is Um You also look at what he's got coming back with Drain. You've got Tyler Stevenson coming back. Arthur to By the way, I can't wait till Arthur and uh, and Mark Jackson have a have a conference, yeah. press conference together. That's going to be priceless. Um, but you look at all these guys that got coming back on the team. Isaiah Jones. He is uh, this. This team is going to be really good next year. Hmm.
2: All right, hold that thought, Heath. Can you hang around for another segment with us? Sure, guys. All right, Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation is with us on the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sanders just chomping at the bits to talk about the Bengals' Super Bowl run that I'm sure he thinks now is just around <laughs> just around the corner. I'm a little more realistic uh, than Kelly. We're, we'll continue to talk NFL football, Southern Miss sports. Heath Hinton stays with us for a few more minutes on the Eagle Hour.
0: Southern Miss to the top.
2: Welcome back, Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. I want to thank First Bank for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. The grandfathered account, the very first client to step up when we formed this show three years ago, and they remain with us today. We're happy to have our studios uh, named in honor of First Bank and encourage you to see those good folks highway 98 also hardy street and some other south mississippi locations this segment sponsored by campusbookmark.net we emphasize the .net because the store is not open maybe next week depending on what the governor says uh, here in the next few hours but for now you can buy your favorite apparel at southern miss uh, i'm sorry at campusbookmark.net you can get your famous southern miss stuff there got it for the house for the car for your body If you want something with a Southern Miss logo on it, all you have to do is sit down tonight, pull out your laptop, go to campusbookmark.net, pick it out. They'll deliver it right to your front door. Heath Hinton is the owner and publisher of Big Gold Nation. He continues his conversation with us now. And, Heath, uh, you were talking basketball. uh, You're pretty optimistic, you think. And we thought this when we talked to Coach earlier this week. Heck of a job recruiting, and really his first recruiting class, legitimate, I think it's fair to say. And I thought they just did an outstanding job.
3: Oh, yeah, especially, you know, you're looking at what Southern Miss uh, lost this year with, uh, you know, Gabe Watson transferring out. Um, What they've done to rebuild that and bring players in. Uh, They fit Jay Ladner's system better. Jay wants to get out and run. Uh, He wants guys that can shoot. He wants guys that can handle the basketball really well, and that's what they've got. Uh, You even look at the Jackson kid. uh, As Luke was talking, I watched film on him. Just a sniper from three-point land and flat-out shoots. You look at the the kid from uh, New Orleans that they got. uh, My mind's going blank, but he hit nine three-pointers. He went nine for nine in a game, scoring 27 points. Um, you look at this uh, Justin Johnson kid. They just signed 18.9 points per game, field goal percentage of 46, almost 48%, three-point percentage at 30%. So one, what you're seeing is guys who are long that have length that can shoot. So uh, John Pierre is a kid from New Orleans, by the way. Mm-hmm. But just players that can play immediately and shoot and, and make a difference. And that, I think we're going to look back uh, – in a few years and say this class was the start of something special. I think I'm hoping
2: that, and it looks that way, too. That'd be great. Luke?
0: Yeah, Jaron Pierre is a guy that has really, you know, people aren't talking about because you're looking at Tay Hardy, you're looking at uh, Jackson from Estonia, now you're talking about the Johnson kid. But Pierre was probably – Jay told us this. He's a three-star kid. He's probably the best – prospect out of new orleans and when you think about all the high schools in new orleans you think about the talent that fuels the state of louisiana in the southeast he's a number four prospect in all of uh louisiana also he's a six four kid so y- you know he's another one of those kids that can really jump out of the gym he averaged 27 points a game this past year i think he's the one that that could have phenomenal impact immediately and that nobody's really talking about
3: well, you know, when I talked to Jay, he had said something to me about both Duran and Jackson, and you're right about Duran, plays in that Catholic league down in New Orleans, and that's also where Tyree Griffith played. That, that is one of the top leagues in America. When you're talking Brother Martin, Archbishop Rommel, uh, St. Aug, that is one of the top leagues in America for football and basketball. Coach Ladner believes that it, that Pierre can actually be one of the best players to ever play on the court at Southern Miss by the time he's finished. Wow. That's how good he believes he can be. And I've watched film on him. And he, he, oh, just a beautiful shot. A guy that is a guy that could create his own shot. He can also uh, step back with a three. He's very good at setting up for a three. He can just do everything. So, when Southern Miss signed this kid, I was—I said, i got to watch film on him, and I did, and just blown away watching the film from his high school.
0: One more basketball question for me, and then Bob will let you finish up. I want to go back to the NFL draft in, in just a minute, but one more basketball question for me. You've been around Jay Ladner a lot. We, we've been fortunate enough. He's been very gracious to come on this show and, and talk to us. What is it about Jay Ladner that we're starting to see some big-time players? And I guess, he, this is just – we haven't even seen Angel Smith play, and he was one of the top players in Florida last year. What is it about Jay Ladner that is connecting so well with these kids?
3: Every time I have talked to a recruit, and I've talked to all of them, uh, except for Johnson, and I will do that today, you ask them, what is it about Southern Miss, what is it about Coach Ladner? and the first thing they say is Coach Ladner cares about us. He doesn't call us with a generic text, or, you know, he doesn't send out generic texts that he sends to everybody. He cares about each player personally. The players love playing for him because of his attitude, and they realize that he loves Southern Miss. Jay wants Southern Miss to be one of the best basketball programs in the country. He wants to be here. This is his home, and and that and when you have somebody like that that cares, that bleeds black and gold, it also kind of, if you think about it, it melts over into recruiting because the kids see that, and the kids see what type of person he is. It's the type of person, the way he cares. I think that's why you're starting to see uh, some really good players sign with Southern
2: Men. That sounds really good. I want to point out real quickly that uh, we were <clears> – <throat> and had promoted that Austin Davis would be on the show today. I got a last-minute phone call that uh, he had a meeting, uh, a coach's meeting with the Seahawks. Uh, it, we're happy to have Heath. Hey, he was a great guy to have on the show. You know, look, I got to tell you, I was a little disappointed to hear that Austin would put a coach's meeting with the Seahawks ahead of an appearance on the Eagle
0: Hour. <laughs> well, I'll just let you know where we stand in the universe, Bob, for sure. But, yeah. but uh, you know, Heath so, – we're seeing more and more so many southern Miss guys connected to this and when we think about it, I want to go back specifically to, to DQ Thomas, um, you know a little undersized at 510, but m- more of these NFL defenses as they branch out to a 4-3 or even go to a, a nickel. Uh, where they have five DBs on the field at all times. D.Q. Thomas is a guy that kind of could just he, – he's physical enough. We saw how he played SEC schools at Southern Miss. He can come up. He can stop in the running game. He's got good hands on him. He's a hes a player that could fit in and be an awesome special teams player in the NFL also.
3: Yeah, and, and the reason why you're seeing more DBs taken is because, like uh, college, the, the rules in the NFL – Uh, The way offenses are designed now, it's becoming a more spread league in the NFL. Uh, Very few teams like the Tennessee Titans are still a power running game team. Maybe even um, you look at uh, the 49ers, they're a little bit of that. But with the spread, with having to play four, five, sometimes six DBs, you want a DB that's a hybrid linebacker and a DB that can cover a tight end but also can come up and play in the run game. And that's where people like D.Q. Thomas, I think, is going to find a spot in the league is because of the maturation of the offenses that you're going to have to have those hybrid defensive back linebacker guys that Southern Miss has had for years, but the NFL is going more to it.
0: Yeah, and, and it would be exciting to see. I know when, when, and back in 2006 in the dark ages, how I was a part of this, you know, you're just sitting on a couch and you're watching television and then you get phone calls and it's pretty, pretty surreal for, for players to be involved, uh, in, in this whole deal. Um, just want to get your thoughts of, of, in our last few minutes about Southern Miss football. Obviously, no spring football. Everything's up in the air. But we've seen a lot of uh, you know, people move out of the program, specifically quarterback-wise. What's your take on the quarterback situation going into fall?
3: Uh, you've got really two. I mean, if you want to be really honest, you've got uh, Tate Wiley to back up Jack Abraham. And they're going to have to hit the recruiting trail hard next year to get a couple of quarterbacks to come in. Um, Otherwise you've got some walk on kids and I'm not saying they can't play. I just haven't seen much from them yet to kind of judge that. I I really do. I don't think they wanted Jaden Johnson to go anywhere. He went to Southeast Missouri state, I believe. Uh, I think that it's just a sign of the times. It's, Especially when, if this new rule by the NCAA is passed, where uh, you got the one-time exception for transfer, I think that's just a bad. I think that's bad all the way around for everybody involved. But we'll see. Um, I just, I, I'm waiting on, I'm waiting on to see what this whole situation with this transfer rule happens, because I think you're going to see even more kids transfer out. Kids nowadays aren't sticking it out. If they don't like it when they get there, they're leaving automatically. And if this new rule puts in place, more kids are going to, I think you're going to see, what is there, 700 something kids in a transfer portal right now in the NCAA? It's yeah, wild. If May 20th, if they pass that rule, there's going to be 1,400 kids in there.
0: Mm, not so
3: that's just not good. And I think sometimes it's a byproduct of the NCAA rules, all these transfers.
2: All right, Heath, man, we want to thank you for your time. I guess you're staying safe and laying low like everybody's being advised to do, right?
3: Yes, sir, just staying safe. Uh, good Lord's taking care of us over here. Poor Native missed us a uh, little bit, went to the west of us. But, uh, you know, praying for all the friends and family and so-so and, and everywhere else in the Pine Belt, uh, praying for you guys, and I uh, hope everything works out. Thanks for having me on, y'all.
2: Okay, our pleasure, man. Heath and everybody, from Big Gold Nation, on the Eagle Hour when we come back we're going to find Kelly Center. couldn't locate him yesterday but he did surface last night Luke and I think I know where he's at today so I'm going to hunt him down get him on the phone and we're going to hear his reaction to the uh, great LSU Tiger quarterback now being a Cincinnati Bengal when the Eagle Hour rolls along
0: Southern Miss to the top, top. you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Thanks uh, to Heath Hinton for joining us from the big gold nation. Some great stuff on uh, where some Southern Miss prospects may land in the NFL draft and this exciting new basketball uh, signing class from Jay Ladner and his staff. Great. Players coming in. We're pumped about it. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Slade White letting us know that tomorrow, April 25th, from 11 to 4, you can get some golf shrimp with all the fixings. Call in or drive through to get some of the best shrimp you'll ever eat. You get corn, you get potatoes. It's only eleven ninety nine per pound, and it's a uh, until it lasts. So first come, first served. Um, come to Fourth uh, Street; they'll have a tent outside. Uh, they're continuing, obviously, to uh, provide that great curbside service. But fresh shrimp, Gulf shrimp tomorrow at Fourth Street in Hattiesburg. Swing by, get some shrimp with all the fixins, and we appreciate Fourth Street Bar and Grill in their support of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Sander joins us. And, uh, Kelly, we kind of felt, um, you know, a disturbance in the force. We thought it was you dancing in your living room because Joe Burrow is a Cincinnati Bengal.
1: Yes, I'm just enjoying some uh, Dom Perignon and some caviar as we speak here on my porch. Uh, yes, gee, certainly. Re- yes, fill, fill up my uh, glass here. Yes, that'll be just fine. Thank you very much. And and get a little something for yourself. Yes, um things are quite well here in uh, Bengal land and actually the guy that we wanted in the second round is still available and that's the tackle Josh Jones out of uh, the University of Houston so when we begin the second round draft tonight of which we have the first pick I would expect us to take uh, Josh Jones but I'm excited we now now have in sight a 500 record
2: (laughs) How, how how do you get the first draft pick of the first and second round
1: because we
0: sucked last year. <laughs> That's why. Hey, you know what I appreciated last night about Joe Burrow? I think it was Susie Kolber. Uh, she was interviewing him, and she said, "You know, Joe, how do you how do you talk about you know the growing process you had from your junior to your senior year?" And Joe straight up said, "I wasn't very good my junior year." Yeah. Now you sure have the first round pick in his living room, repping uh, you know, his Nike shirt with his own area code, a place where he is deeply uh, supportive of and trying to raise awareness about. And he's raised, I think, $500,000. But, Kelly, the number one pick in the NFL draft, your guy now is saying, hey, I wasn't very good two years ago.
1: Well, the only thing I can say about that is he's not a Bengal yet. Um, I'm I'm hearing out of Cincinnati today is that they want him to work for $10 an hour plus tips.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He may get a little more than that.
1: I I hope so. Uh, But, you know, Cincinnati is not exactly known to spend money. No, it was a a good night. You know, when you talk about the New Orleans Saints pick of uh, Ruiz out of uh, Michigan, I know there were a lot of people that either really loved that pick or hated that pick. Um, but the way the Saints, the Saints really are, when you look at their health across both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive, it's a pretty good report card. Um, so even if you say they're building for the future, so I know Bob talked earlier about, you know, what's the future of Cameron Tom. When you're as healthy as the Saints are, personnel wise, you can afford to maybe take a, a high pick, you know, on the future. And really, You know that's what the Bengals are doing with Joe Burrow. It's unrealistic to expect, and it's not just Joe Burrow. But when you look at when Troy Aikman, you know, in his first year, there were so expectations were so high, and they surrounded him with good people. But they still, they still only won four or five games that year. So it's just unrealistic when these guys are as good as they are across the board in any NFL team, even the worst teams in the league, the top teams in the league. They're so good. It's just unrealistic that Joe Biden is going to be able to turn the Bengals around in any, you know, in any period of time. Right. Um, and in the pros, you, they just don't miss it very often. There's a lot of money being paid to get it right. So um, you know, I'm excited for Cincinnati, um, but, I, but I worry about this franchise. If they didn't get this right, um, I'm worried about if they're even going to stay in Cincinnati because people are about at which end.
2: You know, I thought the most surprising pick last night for me was to see the Green Bay Packers use a first round draft pick on the quarterback out of Utah State. Your thoughts about that, Kelly?
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that certainly was an eyebrow raiser, and certainly to, to Aaron Rodgers, who's probably sitting, home going, oh, really? Yeah, okay. But lots of times, you know, teams will use that as a way to um, reinfuse some enthusiasm in the in the existing quarterback because Rodgers has said he wants to play another four or five years, and with the rules continuing to evolve with the favorite quarterbacks, there's no reason to think that. You know that he couldn't. Uh, you know it, it's what's so funny about Aaron Rodgers which is, if you guys remember when he came out of Cal Berkeley, he was injured all the time, all the time he was injured in college, and people just said you know well if you know he's got great talent but can he ever stay healthy? Well, he's come to the NFL and been healthy almost all the time. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a gamble that the Packers thought was worth taking. They did and it panned out. Um, but you know maybe they just looked at. At recruiting classes down the road, and just said we don't we don't think we can get as good a quarterback as this kid is out of Utah State, so let's uh, go right. ahead and take it.
2: So. Luke Johnson, you were a college football player, so you you can comment on this. I was I was astonished at some of the video I saw last night of the athleticism of some of these 350 pound tackles. The kid out of Louisville who can stand in the shallow end of a swimming pool weighs 350 pounds and jump out of the pool and land on his feet on
0: the side of the swimming pool. That's Tristan Werf's. He's, he's out of Iowa. Yeah, I, he was, yeah. Uh, that was phenomenal. My wife, who is a medical professional, looked in, at me and said, and I should say, Lauren enjoyed watching some of the NFL draft last night. It was, it was pretty incredible. She said, that is that is amazing. The guy you're talking about from Louisville, um, Becton, he was the six seven guy, 364, ran a one. In the 40s. That's right. Yeah. And th- there was some highlights of him. It was hilarious. He was going against other ACC guys. He was just knocking people down. I mean, it looked like something out of the Blindside movie. He was throwing people left and right, leaving carnage everywhere. Some of these offensive linemen. It, it was an offensive lineman night. It was a wide receiver night, uh, and it was a quarterback night. How
2: about hey, the offensive lineman that uh, they showed the video of him pushing the F-150 truck down the road?
1: And I got news, Bob. I got news for Luke Johnson. Lauren enjoyed watching the draft. It wasn't because a guy could jump out of a pool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, my wife, my wife watched the draft too. You know, and she's she's not a huge she's not a huge NFL fan. But I think she, I think she watches it for the same reason a lot of people watch it. You just can't help but feel wonderful for these young men because you see you see in in their expressions and in their families how it's just their whole lives change right there. And uh, I thought Booker McFarland made a good point last night. He said the most special thing about the draft is you watch these kids and then when their names are called, their lives will never be the same again. And I think there's a lot of truth in that.
1: You know what was interesting to me, though, along those lines, Bob, is when Tua got drafted by the Dolphins.
2: They didn't do anything, did they, Kelly? They,
1: they sure didn't. They just sat there and went, hmm, okay. You know, yeah. The, the, the cultural differences, and I know, I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong by any means, but I'm just saying it is interesting. How how them who are deeply rooted in their in their Hawaiian you know ancestry, yeah, very very calm, yeah. You know? And really, Joe Burrow was pretty calm too. Of course, he was probably saying the good news is, is I'm going to make millions of dollars. The bad news is I'm playing for Cincinnati. You I
2: know? don't know. I, I think that kid he so loves where he comes from that I, I think probably Kelly he's really excited uh, about playing uh, in Cincinnati. I, I don't I don't really think there's any question about that.
1: And it, and it isn't that the Bengals don't have some tools for him. You know, with AJ Green coming back completely healthy, and Tyler Boyd is another great wide receiver that Cincinnati has, and they've got a, nobody can argue that Joe Mixon was a terrific running back. Right. Um, and they're, they're, they bolstered the offensive line, and I expect that their, their first pick tonight will be another offensive lineman out of the University of Houston. So I think when they probably you know talked to Joe Burrow about taking him number one, they said, "Look, Joe, we understand you probably don't want to be here." but we're making the moves we need to do to make things better. Yeah, they'll be better, no
2: doubt about that. Uh, Luke Johnson, they they showed the uh, list of injuries from Tua last night right before he was drafted. And I mean, I'm no expert. I don't really know anything, but I don't know, man. That's That's a mighty high draft choice for a kid that just had a litany of injuries in his career.
0: Yeah, the thing that scares you about Tua is the fact, um, that, you know, he had probably had one of the best offensive lines in the world and yet he had those injuries. The one last year, man, against Mississippi State, I mean, that was just a freak injury. I mean, that just didn't happen, you know, and so just the way he landed. Um, I think Miami, there's a lot that goes into this pick from the Drew Brees mistake, you know, well, their medical professionals didn't get it right. And you passed on Drew Brees fourteen years ago, fifteen years ago, however long it was. <laughs> That's a good move. This is the makeup up pick, <laughs> and because Tua is being compared a lot to Drew Brees with his accuracy. He may have just a little more uh, stronger arm than Drew, uh, but yeah, I, I think that you you look at that and you default with talent. And of course, Nick Saban probably had some things to say to Miami about that also, right? And when
1: when you see all these guys that are picked so highly, and so what was there fourteen or fifteen picks out of the SEC last night? Yeah. Yeah, in the first round. So, so, you know, the rich get richer. I mean, you see why any college football player would like to play in the SEC. But the key word in what I just said is play in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you're not going to get drafted if you're sitting on the bench. So that's a difficult decision that high school players have to come, you know, have to make as they come up to the next level. Is Am I going to play at whatever choice I make? Am I going to play at Alabama, or will I be the third string? But I could start at Middle Tennessee, for an example.
2: All right, Kelly, hang on. We're going to hold you over for the last segment, continue our conversation about the NFL draft, and have some really sad news out of Southern Miss football as well. So stay with us. Eagle Hour wraps up another week right after this break.
0: the top. Toyota of Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. If you're looking for a new ride, check out toyotahattiesburg.com and check out their entire inventory. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss has announced a football game time with Liberty for this coming season, October 24th at 5 p.m. from Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia. Of course, we uh, we hope that all those games this fall are going to be played, but Southern Miss non-conference game against Liberty, 5 p.m. on October 24th. Uh, exciting for uh, me, at least, uh, one of my neighbors growing up, Carly Malden is the new assistant coach for Southern Miss soccer. She was an unbelievable player at Mississippi State, has spent the last few years playing internationally uh, as a soccer player, and she is now the new assistant coach assistant coach for uh, the southern miss ladies soccer team we'll be reaching out to her and hopefully get Carly Malden on the show, uh, Coach Malden, now, um, in the next uh, few days. Uh, Bob, Luke, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown. Laurel, just a couple things from me from the NFL draft last night. I felt like Justin Jefferson might slip to the Saints at 24. I thought Pat Queen from LSU might be uh, someone as a linebacker sitting there. But I felt like when Jefferson went, I think Buffalo traded and the Vikings snagged Jefferson at, at 22. That was probably the fifth wide receiver. I kind of wanted a wide receiver. I kind of wanted a linebacker, but I totally get why we selected Ruiz, who is uh, undeniably the best interior lineman um, in the entire uh, draft class. But, Bob, we didn't even mention the fact um, the Washington Redskins land the athletic freak of the draft, regarded by many as the best prospect in the entire draft. How would you feel to have uh, some burgundy and gold to put their arms around Chase Young last night?
2: Well, I can't help but be excited about it. Uh, I, I've read up a lot about him and, and watched a lot of film, and he he clearly is a great player. You know, he'll be... It's, it's kind of weird. He'll be on the opposite end of the defensive line from uh, from the sweat kid out of Mississippi State who really played well in the last half of the year. you got Ryan Kerrigan on that defensive line now. You've got the, the two big kids, Jonathan Allen and the other big kid from Alabama. They They have to be better defensively. I mean, they have to – I think now, Kelly, I think this is maybe three or four first-round draft picks the Redskins have used on defensive players in the last few years. It's got to pay off at some point, right?
1: And, and you know what I noticed, too, about last night's draft is how many kids are getting to stay pretty much home. Because Chase Young is from, from, from suburban Baltimore, right? You know, which is right. not far from Washington, D.C., right? Right. And, um, and Joe Burrow is from, as Luke mentioned, he's from Athens, Ohio, which is not far from Cincinnati. A lot of guys that were drafted last night are going to get to play practically in their backyards. I just thought that was pretty cool.
2: Right. And I was really happy to to see this kid uh tweeting out that it's an honor to play for the Redskins and I, he grew up, you know, they showed a picture of him when he was a little boy and he had on a Redskin jersey. So, you know, I mean how yeah. you not how you not. Such like a that?
0: storied franchise. Such it, a story. Have franchise. I mentioned
2: that have I ever mentioned that to you, Luke, how storied and historic the Redskin franchise is?
0: Yeah, but stories yes. aren't always positive. You know? <laughs>
2: All right, a couple, a couple uh, things we want to mention real quickly. Not not happy news, but we were all a little shocked to hear that Onesimus Henry, one of the great linebackers in Southern Miss history from 84 to 87, Luke's point out, third all-time leading tackler uh, for a linebacker at Southern Miss, passed away at a very, very young age this this week. So Onesimus Henry was really, I think, a really great figure uh, you know, in Southern Miss football history, and, and you hate to hear about uh, such a young person losing their life.
1: Yeah, he was one of the first guys that I actually interviewed when I was the sports director at the NBC affiliate in Hattiesburg. You know, very, uh, very unassuming, very polite. As a lot of these kids from you know Mississippi are, um, but but in a completely different personality when he got on the field. I mean, he was good. He was a.
2: It <laughs> was good. Know, a, yeah,
1: flame breather, you know,
2: he was also a kind of a personal note. I have a very dear friend last night passed away that I bring this up. Marty Smith from Greenville, a really successful businessman in his life in Greenville and a huge New Orleans Saints fans loop uh, season ticket holder. That's something when you're a season ticket holder in Greenville and you never miss a preseason or regular season game. Hated the NFL officials after the championship game. I don't think he ever got over that. A uh, year before last, and uh, the Saints, Luke, uh, have lost someone that loved them dearly, and uh, so you think about the uh, think about these losses, and it kind of puts what we do every day in perspective, fellas.
0: It does, yeah, and, and it you know it, it it's important. And just a second, Kelly, it's important because so many people are dealing with so much, and you know it does what we're doing every day is small in the scope of the universe. At the same time, if we can help somebody smile or laugh or take a little pressure off their situation, that's what we're here for. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, that's right.
1: And Onesimus Henry, I mean, Luke, you, you know the stats. You're, you're our stat guy. Um, but Onesimus Henry, man, and, and, and another typical Southern Miss guy, where he probably wasn't the quote-unquote most talented guy out there, but his heart would bust through his jersey, you know, as far as what he would put forth. And and when when Jim Carmody said that Onesimus Henry is the type of guy that he like, you know how tough he was because Jim Carmody – you know that's the type of guys he likes.
2: Right. So, uh, uh, our sympathies to his family and uh, Golden Eagles lose a great one in Onesimus Henry. All right, that wraps up this week. I want everybody to stay safe and happy over the weekend. We'll all be back Monday at one o'clock to talk about Southern Miss sports, which we love very much. Again at one o'clock, and until then, everyone Southern Miss to the top.
0: It's all slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I
3: wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free.